Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 38 of the No Marks Allowed podcast. I am Mike Lyon. Alongside me, a few hours away, is Evan Williamson. Evan, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good myself. Okay, this week we have two shows. One on, well, whatever, whatever day you're listening to this, and one later in the week, because Backlash happened. another day you're listening to this. So, we're on the same day. We we both watched Backlash, and we will be talking about that. Well, we'll also be talking about an extremely terrible logo. See what I did there, Evan? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, before we talk about Backlash, we'll talk about the SmackDown before Backlash. Um, I don't know how much of Raw we're going to do. Um, I, was I have a lot of it. things I want to say about Raw, or at least a, a decent amount. So I don't know... Well, I guess we'll see where we're at by the time we get. Okay. You know, pretty so much we last may time we pretty raw, much just we may not. just just went out because we retired. Yeah, it it could be some talk about Rob. It could not. We don't know. May save Raw for our regular taping day Thursday, which may be better. I don't know. Um, and then Thursday we'll talk about Undertaker's The Last Ride, or Undertaker The Last Ride Part Four, um, and. Maybe Raw, we don't know, NXT, and much more. I am. I have made up my mind, and I'm going to set an alarm so that I watch AEW this week. Okay. Because... What's, what's the big... What's, what's on the docket? Well, MJF has been on TV a lot. The Revival are there and are, like, on tag team matches. And, and this leads into Random in the Rumor... I was scrolling around Twitter, and Cody Rhodes was promoting... Actually, let me... I'm gonna go... Oh, wait. Shoot, my phone's upstairs, so I guess I won't get the tweet. Um, Cody Rhodes was promoting his open challenge for his TNT title on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And James Storm quote-tweeted it, and I th- I'm pretty sure the caption for Storm's tweet was, See you there. It was, basically, it was to the effect that Storm was going to be challenging Rhodes for the title on AEW, and I love James Storm. Like, I was a really big James Storm's fan when he was in TNA. Like, I think I've mentioned this before, I watched a ton of TNA, like, when Rude Rude was the champion, like, apparently, basically right after the Hogan-Bischoff nonsense stopped. And then when Rude was the champion, then when Hogan was involved in and the Aces and Eights, up through like Claire Lynch and like the somewhere around there, and then when they left Spike is when I quit watching. So a good couple years of that Spike year is when I watched a lot of TNA. It was right after for for people who know James Storm's career. I picked up on James Storm after Beer Money. But I really like James Storm. So I'm excited to see that. And also, Cody in AEW seems to be different than Cody in WWE. And um, a friend of mine told me that Dustin and Mark Quinn are going to have a tag match. I've never seen Dustin wrestle outside of Gold Dust. At least not like, you know, I mean, I could hunt it down on YouTube if I really wanted, I suppose. But it'll be a chance to watch it live and, you know, because the matches that Dustin has on AEW are almost always on pay-per-view. 
so he'll be on Tree TV. So I'm interested in that. And then hopefully I can see some MJF in the revival. And then when Orange Cassidy shows up, because he's feuding with Jericho now, when Orange Cassidy shows up, I will uh, go ahead and flick it to um, yeah, NXT. Is good enough for you to keep it? Oh, no, no, no. Not if he's working with that moron, no. No, I know. I just like uh, he is just like uh, Street Profits Viking Raiders. I no, I refuse. So I don't know whether Storm's gonna wind up, you know, trolling me, but it should be interesting. Um, oh, I know why. Um, MJF and Billy Gunn, and I just want to watch MJF really. Um. But yeah, oh, uh, it's AEW, t- it's Omega and Page. Best Friends is against Jericho and Guevara. Uh, it's QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes against Omega and Page. Is for the AEW tag titles in the main event. And while I don't really care for Omega, I almost like I guarantee said, they lose that match. Like I said, they haven't I, done anything with the titles for a while. I do wish to see, uh, to see some Dustin Rhodes. Um, and yeah, and it just says, like, their card just says uh, Cody defends the TNT title, so I'm hoping that's James Storm. Doesn't look like the Revival or FTR now is on this card, but hopefully they'll cut a promo or something, because I, I really like those guys. Do you want to know the name of the tag team that Jericho and Guevara call themselves? Have you ever seen this? Maybe. They call themselves Les Sex Gods. I've think I vaguely heard that. Now, if that isn't a backyard wrestling video game tag name, I don't know what is. Anyway, so yeah, uh, back to more of the random, I mean, I guess the James Storm thing was what I meant for random in the rumor there, but uh, to more random in the rumor, Evan Williamson, you have something on Tori Wilson. Yeah, on uh, you know, unfortunately, 2020 does it again. Um, I'm not sure if you remember. Uh, I don't remember what uh, the dog, uh, Tori Wilson's dog Chloe, died oh, recently. Really? She was 17 years old. I did not know that she was that old. Um, I don't remember. I mean, this is a cute dog that she took away, took with her throughout. You know, towards the towards well towards the end of her WWE tenure um yeah so pretty sad um i cannot find what kind of dog it was but it was like a oh, it was a little white dog well it had to be tiny but made it 17 years yeah that's fair dogs don't um, make it that long uh no dog that she like literally took with her on the road, and, you know, for a while there, she actually took it with her to the ring. Hmm. But then after that, I mean, she still took it because there was, like, an interview or something with Tori Wilson. She has other dogs, but Chloe was the only one that she brought with her. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's kind of sad. Well, WWE will still mention that dog more than Chris Benoit. I hope they mentioned it. Chloe was, uh, Chloe was actually put on as a WWE superstar for a while. Um, so. a... Uh, this is from Wrestling Inc., the next bit of news. Uh, this is from yesterday. Supposedly, 
A uh, WWE NXT developmental talent has tested positive for COVID-19. I was going to save that for Thursday because uh, probably more oh. information comes out. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll that, there's a tease for Thursday then. Um, well, no, we can do an update on Thursday. We can go through this now. Basically, just a guy had symptoms. WWE said, hey, there's a dude with symptoms. And we'll keep y'all updated, but we're still gonna have our normal television, even though he was, uh, the person was last on site on June 9 at the uh, training facility. No one has reported symptoms. It's been about a week. Hopefully nobody, you know, actually got it. But, uh, but WWE is still gonna soldier on with their television schedule, despite the fact that somebody just got COVID. Well, yeah. Oh, know, boy. I'm gonna do just for one person. Um. All right, Alexa Bliss. I do think it was dumb that apparently, like, they started having fans for the tapings this week, or they were going to. Yeah. And they weren't allowing masks. That's dumb. What? That's stupid. That's irresponsible. Yeah. yeah. All right. So hope hopefully, I think they can't. I think they canceled their tapings this week, and they're going to do it on Wednesday. I think instead. Uh huh. So for Alexa Bliss, I do not know. I would forgot to look this up. I wanted to know what was going on. Alexa Bliss actually made her uh, Twitter account private. Ooh, really? Um, yeah, um, definitely meaning because I already followed her. Um, but um, then she like posted something about how like apparently people have been trying to hack into her account or something. So uh, people just being, you know. Just being arseholes again. I can't, uh... Hey, uh, and I've got a thing right here. Okay, um... A fan must have already followed her. Asked Alexa... Oh, they're trying to hack into her Twitter to get it unprivated or whatever. Um... A few days ago, this is part of an article from Wrestling News. Uh, a few days ago, she responded to a fan asking if she was alright. She wrote, I'm fine, just tired of the harassment, focusing on my mental health at the moment. Everyone uh, stay being kind out there. Well, I don't blame her. Neither do I. I don't know if I follow... I think I follow Alexa Bliss on Twitter. In fact, I'm pretty sure I know I do. But, oh well. That's, that's fine. I mean... I think it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, just... If, you, if you're just sick of the toxicity, then just... Forget them and leave. And just keep the people that are already following you, following you. Yeah. And I no one sure. needs people and don't need twenty million followers. Who cares? Um, yeah, and you can still ask to be to follow her and she can either confirm or deny. Right. But is she probably keeping everybody on a short leash? I, I do must say though, um, I wonder if the harassment was coming from I don't know how long ago this was. 
Um, how I wonder if this was harassment from her small botch at um, Backlash. This was this happened before this, and it wasn't. Oh, it was I mean, before Backlash. Okay. Yeah, and that bot. I mean, it wasn't the worst of it we've seen. The commentators, you know what the commentators covered it pretty good. You know what I'm talking about, right? When she dropped yeah. kick, nothing. When she, when she was trying to drop kick, but um, one of the iconics uh, went down too early. To like, yeah. she was, it was a cover, right? It was a pin. I think so. I think and she was she, trying to break it or something. Yes, yeah, and she misjudged where she was going, or or one of the iconics wasn't far enough over to get hit. Or as, as we mentioned this, uh, sometimes on the show, Ross Trudell, uh, Watch Trudell said um, she she kicked John Cena because she kicked something she couldn't see. Yeah, I mean the 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 um, the conjurer said said that she kicked her in the leg or whatever. Um, and I'm not sure if she caught it, but like, yeah, I have to watch that again. I mean, it was, you know what? I have a question. Hang on, I have a question for you. Yes. Let's go back to the commentary thing for a second. Do you think commentary should mention botches? Depends. Not say the word botch. It depends. But like I mean, with Alexa Bliss drop kicking thin air. That one. She I didn't see. hit her in the leg, so it just makes the commentators look stupid. Well, see, I- in other sports, like if, like if you know, calling a Western football game, or you know, Kevin Harlan calling an NFL game. If there's a fumble, like if the quarterback fumbles the snap, I'm not going to say, oh, he was thinking extra hard about picking up the ball. Like, I'm not, I'm not. I think in this situation, she was close enough where it, where, like, and it was close enough and quick enough where it was like, okay, she probably got the legs or whatever. And, um, it wasn't like a really, like, super obvious type thing. Like, you could, like, Give benefit of the doubt a bit. Okay. I definitely think there's some. There's some. Like I said, it all depends. It's a. It's all. Because I feel like know. there's some times where announcers cover botches and it just kind of makes everybody look stupid. Instead of like calling a match, like you don't know what's going to happen, like you know, you like you're supposedly calling an actual again. You know, like I've used this word a bit. Athletic contest. Where it's like, oh, Bliss misses the drop kick. What will, you know, Billy Kay may get this pinfall off. One, two, no, kick I, out. I, I you know, also, whatever. I also think it was based on the series because it was a breaking of a pin, pinfall that also was one of the reasons. Like, if she did it randomly, uh-huh. like, if it was an actual drop kick that she missed, they probably would have mentioned it. But since this was a breaking of a pin, pin count, they probably just said, okay, yeah, it happened. Let's go with it. I guess that's true. Um, okay. WWE has a new logo for Extreme Rules. Yeah, the Western Illinois Extreme Rules logo. <laughs> it is no, I think that's more. No, but there yeah, is some like green there. Um, I don't know. It looks purple and gold to me. It looks like crap to me. And like you know, the logo is fine. It's the color scheme. Right, the color scheme is bad. I, I mean. Don't get me wrong. Purple and gold is my favorite combination, you know, for a number of reasons. Right. Besides Western and the Minnesota Vikings, and you know, there's Larry Boy and Bible Man and like that stuff. It's just always like a very good. It's a very complimentary 
Which I think like, purple and gold, color. red and black. Like, yeah. Backlash's color scheme and logos and their graphics was really good. If that had been purple and yellow, not so good. For Extreme Rules, like, you know, and this would be, like, a good, like, that would be a, a decent color scheme for, like, SummerSlam. Because it's summery. Um, but, you know. Ooh. What? No, I'm, try I'm imagining a SummerSlam logo not green, and I don't like it. Not what? Not green. Like a green or a blue or a yellow. Like the really bright colors they usually do. Oh, you were imagining like a darker sum or SummerSlam logo? Like I'm imagining the, like the mid-2000s SummerSlam logo, but purple and yellow, and I hate it. Oh. Um... How about TLC? Mm. Here's the other thing too. I feel like I feel like Extreme Rules has to be red. Do you know why it has to be red? Well, it's because if you're going extreme in a fighting sport, isn't it implied that there's blood involved? Not necessarily. Um, I think Extreme Rules would benefit for uh, some red, black, white, silver. Yeah. Um. Backlash's color scheme. Because, like, everything, like... And I the mean, color scheme they've done every year but this one. Unless they are trying to, you know, do a Jeff Hardy thing. Hey, hey how much you want to bet me that logo changes? It, July 19th is the review, so I don't think it'll change much. Because literally, like, every... <laughs> the whole reaction to that logo has been... Oh! God, what is that? And you know how WWE you likes to scrap history like it never happened. Yeah, but sometimes they make logos worse, like the Great Balls of Fire logo. <laughs> no, that could have been purple. <laughs> could have been blue and it would have been really bad. Yeah, that was bad anyway. The name was bad. Great Balls of Fire. Um, it's like I said, it's not a bad logo. It's just the color scheme does not work for it. Right, the logo is fine. The logo itself is fine. Colors of the logo, not fine. It looks like when you give, like, when you give little Timmy a fire truck, and little Timmy colors the fire truck bright pink instead of red, you're like, well, that's not the logo, that's not the color of a fire truck, but at least he colored inside the lines. That um, that was so how that design would probably went. have the box itself would be red. No, maybe, probably. Uh, and then I'm just the trying logo, to see because if the this letters is red, be black, black, and white, I was just seeing which would be red and which would be black. Now you know what? Just have it all white on the black background. Yeah, who needs to, or, sorry, um, all yellow want a white background, because who needs to see it? Hello? What? Are you there? <laughs> yeah, I'm there. What, were you thinking so intently about this let go? I didn't know you asked me a question. Oh, well, you just <laughs> quit talking. Um, Alright, sir, are you ready to uh, to move on here? 
Yeah, let's go to last week's NXT since we had a. Are you still transfixed the, on the uh, logo? Since we did it earlier. What? Nothing. I'm waiting on you. I said, um, um, let's go to last week's NXT. Talk about last week's NXT since we didn't do it before. Okay. Oh, you know what? I know what the problem is. I think I'm lagging a little bit here on my end. <clears throat> um, all right. NXT Wednesday. I don't remember this yeah. at all. I only Hang have on. a couple notes. Hang on a minute. I think I do, but I got to get back there and make sure I don't like confuse NXT and um, take over. Yep, okay, I didn't confuse it. Yeah, there's only a few notes from this week, um, this, this past week's NXT. Um, Adam Cole and Dexter Loomis had a non-title match for the NXT Championship as the main event. Uh, it ended how you think it would end, and then Scarlett Bordeaux, Bordeaux Scarlett now, uh, came out and put a a hourglass with some sand in it on the ring right in front of Adam Cole. Adam Cole so Karrion Cross is, is supposedly coming from Adam for Adam Cole, so it's good to see that they're going to book themselves into a corner quicker this time. And El, Evan, how do you say this name? El Hijo what? El Hijo El uh, El Hijo de Fantasma. I need to look at it. El Hijo del Fan Fantasma. <laughs> shocking revelation. Well, shocking by nobody, but You're a shocking to nobody. nobody. He, he revealed, revealed himself, himself as, as Santos, Santos Escobar. Yes, he unmasked himself this week after he turned on Drake Maverick and revealed himself to be the man behind the luchadors. The, the man behind the mask, if you will. Yeah. And, and I had kind of already figured this out, I feel. But they did the actual reveal this week. I thought they had already done that at, at TakeOver. Or was it TakeOver the week before or whatever? I kind of thought they had already like under made that understood. But I guess the not. people that were kidnapped were actually the kidnappees. Yeah. Or the kidnappers. Yeah, it would be kidnappers. Also, uh, on NXT last week, besides that, um, Champa and the fallout from his loss to Karrion Cross. he was very upset. They had a little uh, one-minute promo. Loray and Gargano talked yet again. Cameron Grimes was a reasonably big focus of the show this week. He tried to fake out William Regal, mm -hmm. uh, saying that. he was hurt, and then pulling up and not being hurt, also in front of Regal's tablet. Uh, and he wound up <laughs> like, in the match hey, with Finn hey, Balor hey, anyway. He's like, hey, 
Hey, not not now, man. I'm trying to talk to these lovely ladies. Like, Mr. Rico wants to talk to you. Oh, ah, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, oh, man. You, you, your, your jaw wasn't hurting there when you were talking to these finely, these fine young women over here. Uh, Regal for GM of everything? Well, they might as well. It's better than having random matches shown up. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, uh, also on NXT this week, um, the Undisputed Era seeing ghosts. Hmm? The UE seeing, uh, Roderick Strong seeing Dexter Loomis the whole night. Oh. It was weird. So, like, they would be in one place, Loomis would pop up outside of a window, or, like, at the plexiglass at ringside, and Roderick Strong would be like, Oh, Dexter Loomis is right there! And then everybody else would look and he'd be gone. I feel like he's not the character for that. By the way... Um, and, uh, credit to the, uh, Jim Cornette's drive-thru for this. I had the drive-thru experience. So I was listening to that this week. I finally figured out who Loomis is. Because I've been looking at Dexter Loomis all this time and thought he was so familiar. Now I know why. He's Sam Shaw from TNA. Mm. I'm like, that's who you are. Was he one of the, uh... One of Rosemary's minions? No, he was just a creepy stalker guy. Oh, so they kept the character. Yeah, this was this was like back when I was watching. This is well before Rosemary. But no, I remember this. Shaw's Samuel Shaw was a Shamuel Shaw. Sam Shaw was a really creepy stalker character in TNA. That's why I know his look. Alright, want to go to SmackDown? Oh, we should mention, I think there was a mixed tag team match also. But, I don't know who won that. But also, Wait, where? Um, NXT? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing there was. Oh yeah, they did Jim Gargano and Lurie again. I did not know they did this. And Robert Stone has continued trying to recruit Recru- people because for, for some his... reason Chelsea Green fired him for no reason. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, Casey Catanzaro took on Dakota Kai and lost. Let me say, Dakota Kai is a really good character, very strong, you know, underdog type character. You have to have the underdog win at least once. <laughs> Having the underdog lose all the time does not work. I mean, she's great for heel fodder, but she's just mm-hmm. so much of a talent just to keep losing all the time. Um... But, yeah, maybe they'll go after the Tag Team Championships one of these days as Team Ninja is a big thing. That's pretty much all I had for NXT. Oh, this isn't smart. I hate this feud now. So while you were talking about that, I was watching the highlights of uh, Lee and Yim, Gargano, and Lorray. Mm-hmm. Big schmaz! Um, Gargano, Irish whips Lee, Lee into the ropes, Yim to the floor, uh, Lorray down to the mat. Lee is looking through the ropes trying to check on Yim. 
Gargano kicks Lee in the face. And then he uh, Lee is staggered. Gargano floats over for that DDT that he does. You know how he hops over the ropes and hits a, DD, uh, hits a DDT? Mm-hmm. Well, he did that DDT, and Keith Lee's entire body weight landed right on Candice LeRae. Bummer. So then um, Gargano was stunned from doing the move, couldn't go for the cover. Lee was grabbing in his head, meanwhile, and realized who he was on. He wasn't laying on Gargano. He wasn't on. He was laying on Lorey, and he picked Candace up to carry her to the back, like very gingerly and concernedly. Picked up Candace Lorey, who was like you know supposed to be unconscious or whatever. Mm-hmm. Gargano runs up from behind and rolls him up, and since he's getting rolled up, Lee, because of you know physics. Drops Lorey and basically slings her, and Lorey's quote unquote unconscious body just goes flying through the ropes and smacks the floor. Hmm. And Gargano rolls up uh, Lee, grabs the tights, and wins. And then he runs out of the ring and tries to pick up Candace Lorey, who's laying dead on the floor. <laughs> and then he climbs on top of her because apparently he's Edge now. And that's how they end the segment. So yeah, it was a mixed tag that ended up in Candice LeRae being turned into dust at the hands of Keith Lee. So yeah, so that was that. Okay, now are you ready for SmackDown? Yeah. Alright, SmackDown for last week. And judging by the time, probably not going to get to Raw. Probably not. Um, yeah, uh, Tucker's back. Uh, Seamus really took the piss out of a segment with Jeff Hardy. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Jeff Hardy really took the piss out of a segment with Seamus. Otis and Tucker, uh, Tucker is back, and he was trying to feed Otis some burgers in preparation for a match. Mandy Rose came up and gave Otis a kiss, and apparently Otis thought it was Tucker. Because Otis was blindfolded. Blindfolded. Isn't that right, Evan? Yeah. Well, we're just going to go through it like that. Just really quickly, <laughs> like, not care. <laughs> it's it's slightly weird. It's funny, but it's slightly weird. Ducky, I appreciate the motivation, but... Hey, my peach, I knew it was you. But yeah, we started off with a law, another Law & Order WWE unit. <laughs> there was uh, Sheamus was, and Jeff Hardy were signing a contract for a random match. When they first came out with that black, you know, um, curtain boxed area, uh-huh. I thought, oh, social distancing. So somebody's going to be on that side and somebody's going to be on the other <laughs> side. No, that's not what was happening. No, no, that's not how this works. So. Jeff Hardy goes into the the box to to uh, to I wouldn't I don't want to say release a specimen because that sounds like he was doing something else. <laughs> um, That's worse. That is much worse. I know you're looking for a not bad way to describe that. That ain't it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, 
And while he's doing, he was going he, there to take the piss out of the segment. Yeah. While he was, while he was, um, or piss giving, in the segment, giving his two cents or whatever. Um, <laughs> he, uh, Seamus was given the greatest Red Ribbon Week speech of all time. <laughs> By the way, is that still a thing, Red Ribbon Week? I would think. The, the thing where we actually started, you know, where everybody learned how to protest, where, you know, we would bring our sign. It's not really a protest, but you know what I mean? Yeah. When we had... No, Red yeah, Ribbon we had that. We had Red Ribbon Week parades, and we would have signs that said, be smart, don't start, type thing, and we are chanting right. like that. So that's kind of the original protest. Give hugs, there. not drugs. Yeah. Although hugs is assault, so don't do that either. Well, it wasn't then. <laughs> um... Anyway, he says, if you're a user, you're a loser. And I said, yes. <laughs> and then um, we have an unrealistic amount of pee from Jeff Hardy. <laughs> they had like a, it looked like a 12-ounce glass. Um, and uh, it was over halfway full. That wasn't a 12-ounce glass. To, that was a hell of a lot more than that. Jeff Hardy needs to see a doctor, by the way. <laughs> no, would, he just needs to drink some damn water. <laughs> That too, he he, he had apple juice colored um, urine. That's another thing that I thought of that I laughed very hard at when we got to uh, WTF from SmackDown that week was like, can somebody tell Jeff Hardy to drink a battle, bottle of water? <laughs> like Hardy comes up. By the way, why is Renee Young here? She left before she before he uh, before he took the piss as you say. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, because that's the other thing I thought I was. What the hell is Renee Young doing? Um, yeah. So Hardy comes out adjusting himself, and I don't know why the doctor handed Hardy the pee. I don't. I don't know. That's not twelve ounces. That's one hell of a lot more than that. And um, that doctor should be prescribing Hardy an IV if that's that dark. And Jeff Hardy then goes to commit a crime, especially in the pandi- in time of quarantine pandemic. He throws his piss on Seamus's face. Yeah, it's better to pissed off than pissed on. And you know, I noticed this. Like, I did not. And then I like looked around. I was like, "This is literally the 2006 segment between Shawn Michaels and the McMahons." <laughs> Seamus gets off his shirt, uses his hands to wipe the piss off his face so he'll get piss on everyone instead of just him. By the way, the greatest chant in WWE history that they had to block out. You got pissed on. That was the chant that they were saying. Of course, you couldn't tell because of um, it was blocked out. It was censored. Yeah, <laughs> because because uh, good old FCC regulations, you know, you can you can say pissed off, but you can't say pissed on. Right, you can throw piss on somebody, but you can't say that you did it. But yeah, this was literally the 2006. Uh, so, so, but here's the thing: what we don't know, did Jeff Hardy pass the test? Yeah, he did because they, after they said he said he tested positive, and then and then uh, you mean negative? Yeah. He was clean or whatever. Right, that's the negative. And he like and Seamus was upset, so he put his hands on his face, and then he almost threw up again because he was like, 
Uh, well, this is a piss awful episode of SmackDown. I'm actually got, it was actually decent after that, but um, like I said, the funny thing was that it was like this was like line for line, almost line for line, 2006 segment. <laughs> well, you know what they say: New Era, same old crap. Mm, let's see. Anything else fun from this week's SmackDown? Um, New Day had a tag team match with uh, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. They start out in the ring with they had a couple of. Uh, um, oh, I know the really big good thing from SmackDown. The, they I had missed. a couple of their bands on um, the arms representing some people that had passed away and they or were killed after or whatever. Um, depending on the person, I don't remember who's who. There's all. Investigations going on. So anyway, they you know did the knee and everything you know support supporting the cause, and um, they end up losing. But of course, it makes sense that they lost because this is setting up for a feud with them, with uh, Cesaro and uh, Shinsuke. Um, and yeah, besides that, um. I don't think there. I mean, there was a women's segment, but I went to the restroom during that. So, are you talking about Bailey and Banks? Yeah. Okay. Can we have a women's tag team segment that doesn't rely on friendship or doesn't say the word friendship, please and thanks? Um. All right. I don't know. Is that kind of the basis of a tag team? Do they mention it every time a male like when when New Day comes out? Do they mention what great friends they are? Every time? It, do they literally have entire segments based around Friendship of the New Day? No, 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 they don't. Um, they don't? They don't say it every eight seconds. Um, Sasha writes a love poem to Bailey and reads it. Bailey writes one back. Bliss and Cross come out. The Iconics show up on the Tron. Because they're not... Does this count as one of their things, or... Since it's via satellite... I don't think they... I don't... I, I don't think it matters anyway. Um, Bliss and Cross jump Bailey and Banks as they are talking to the Iconics pre-recording. Um, Sasha Banks rolls out of the ring and forgets a belt. The, so Bailey is being accosted in the ring by Bliss and Cross. They pick Bailey up, turn her around, and go to lead her out of the ring. They throw her away. Um, I want you to watch this because this is hilarious. Bailey jumps up and starts running. Runs away from Bliss and Cross. They are both grabbing onto Bailey to try and look like they're throwing her, even though she's running away from them. Bailey just runs out of the ring. Well, I'm trying to find. She it. doesn't. She doesn't get th- get thrown at all. She literally just races out before either Nikki or Alexa is ready. The only difference is Nikki is a half step forward compared to Alexa. So her side looks slightly better, but eh, at the same time, they covered it up decently by racing to the ropes as quick as they could. But this look this <laughs> kinda bad. <laughs> then Bliss grabs the belt, she forgot, loses a shoe. Oh um, yeah. She did she did uh Why are my headphones still disconnecting? Who knows? Um I don't know. Yeah. But did, did you find it? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it looks stupid. But, you know, I mean, they're all running. They're not really pushing. We know that, but uh, this is... Yes, the instance where it looked kind of bad. Uh, let's see what else from my oh uh, forty minutes of Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, which AJ did wind up winning. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't watch this because I didn't think it was going to go forty minutes, so I'm a bit upset that I didn't. Hopefully, I can find it on YouTube someday. But I know the re- I already know the results, so they get am I not? Um, AJ Styles is will be a phenomenal Intercontinental Champion. Let's just hope he doesn't drop it to Matt Riddle first thing. No, I hope so too. Because Matt Riddle's on SmackDown next week. Mm-hmm. So everybody get your, get, get your happy sticks out and... Uh... Bro! And get reggae get music the... and get right. ready to have some fun. Somebody call Bob Marley. All right, on to Backlash, right? Yep. Okay. I do have something in the way of notes prepared for this. Um, not as expensive as money in the bank. First batch. Women's tag titles. Um, my very first note is why doesn't anyone tag properly anymore? It was about five minutes before we actually had a proper in within the rules tag, which I hate. Other than that, they did a pretty good job with this match. Um, other than no one, other than just ignoring the tag team rules completely, which I still feel is not necessary to have a good tag team match, you can have a good tag match and still have the rules exist. Um, other than completely ignoring the rules, which is what keeps this from being higher. This was really good. There was a lot of quick back and forth stuff. There was one or two moments where Bliss in particular was caught, at least in my opinion, kind of like selling for no reason or just waiting for something instead of getting up and appearing to rest. I don't, there's a couple things I think some people could have done differently to make it look a little bit better, but it didn't look as weighty, not weight like heavy, but weight like W-A-I-T. It didn't look as weighty as other matches on this card, even. So, I thought this was good. On F to A scale, I gave it a B plus. I liked it. Um, it, it was, was a pretty a, good match. Um, like, my final note on this was triple threat tag done well, however, still no tag team rules. So, I feel like a B plus is pretty good there. I liked it. I, I didn't. I mean, it's hard to, like, watch, like, tag team rules in a triple threat tag team match. <clears throat> At least they did a triple threat tag team match properly this time, where you had all yeah. three at the same <coughs> time, as opposed to having having um, <coughs> two you know, people in there and then they tag out to the other team. Yeah, but I mean, there were still backslap tags, so I guess it don't matter. But I don't. Well, know. yeah, Just... but that that's 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 good tag team wrestling, also. <coughs> okay. Well, if you're having somebody, you have somebody's arms in a hold, and you walk towards their corner, so you can have your partner tag in, they're going to hit you on the back, so okay, and then they go in, and then they can do a move on them, and then you let go, so then they're still in control, that way you don't let go of them, tag in, because then they're already gone. If you've got them pinned in the corner, you can use your other arm and to, no, whatever. 
They can do it like that for 50 years, but all of a sudden, bigger, stronger than ever, they can't do it now. I'm not buying that. No, they've always done that. With the tag on the arm and stuff? It's it's legal way of tagging. You don't have to tag with their hand. It's all part of the rules. The rules of wrestling have been ignored forever. Um. All right. Uh, so if second... that's your only complaint about the about them not following the that and they're and they're not following the rules, the referee being a moron and not counting when everybody's in the ring. Um. Which, by the way, also, is a DQ in a tag match. It's also referee's discretion. But and also, I wasn't sure. Triple threat matches usually no disqualification. Triple threat tags aren't though. I don't know. I think it's just. I think the triple threat part of that is just the three teams. Because the people have been disqualified from like quad men's matches before. Um. Uh. And just there was a like I said earlier, there was a little bit of waiting around. In, in a couple of instances, but very little compared to a usual WWE match. Um, so what would you give this, Evan? Uh, I don't know, because it's been a while since I watched it, but, I mean... I mean... I would probably give it a... a B. So you actually lower than me, then. I don't know. Well, because I didn't see it enough, you know, and I was like, room for improvement. Alright, second on was WWE Dateline. No, we already used that. We need to think of another crime show. Uh, okay, fine. First 48. I already did that one. We'll think of something. But anyway. 2020. We'll go with that one. WWE 2020 was next. Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Um, I did like in the very beginning they actually acted like they hated each other. Like Jeff actually, F Jeff actually attacked, not with not with very well scripted out and performed moves, but actually trying to fight and beat Sheamus up. Um, I think this went much too long. Yeah. This there was about I you. Know, I didn't write it down. I thought I did. Um, I think it was after, like, he crotched Hardy from the top rope and hit white noise. That probably should have been the finish. But they went on for another, like, five, ten minutes after that. Um, Seamus did a... He picked up Hardy, uh, like, across his chest. That match like he was, was, the gonna... was the second longest on the card. How long was it? 16 minutes, 50 seconds. It probably should have ended at, like, nine minutes. Um, yeah, that was probably ten minutes too long. Seamus picked him up, picked Hardy up, and he had him, like... He was decent, like, but... He was gonna swing him around and go for white noise. And it's kind of weird, because instead of swinging him around, he just kind of pitched him. Like, he was gonna do a tilt war slam, but he just kind of dropped Hardy halfway through it. So I don't know whether that was a botch or not, or whether Seamus was just like, just like dropped him on his head on purpose. I that that was really the only move. Questionably, um, I've heard people say that Hardy should have won. Oh no, definitely not. I think Seamus should have won. 
I say the right man won this match. Um, By the way, I and, forgot to mention this for SmackDown about WWE's weird form of morality. Okay. With their heels. And, I mean, at least this still goes... I mean, you know, th- there's some good heels, you know, where, you know, it justified, whatever. But, you know, the weirdness, like, you know, like, we're, like, CM Punk in the straightest society, where he was a bad guy for saying, you know, don't do drugs and don't do this, don't do that. Um, oh, Molly Sheamus Holly, being a bad guy for saying not do drugs? Yeah, and Molly Holly being a bad guy for, for wanting to dress, you know, more conservatively or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, granted, I know that, you you know, they're taking these to the extreme, but still, what lessons are we teaching people? Yeah, no, I agree. It, it is certainly weird, especially in like when you think that this is supposed to be a family era of wrestling, right? Um, right, man. One, the back half of this match, like I said, this should have ended eight or nine minutes in, and it would have gotten. It would have been better for me. Um. Back half of the match was not as good as the first half. It lost a lot of the seriousness and the emotion it had. Um, and just got very... Scriptedy isn't the right word. It got back to... It got back to modern WWE instead of a match where you could believe that one of the guys was very upset at what the other had been doing to him and exposing his past. Also, bleep WWE for putting his mugshots in the hype package. That's just cruel and unnecessary. It makes your company look like garbage. It makes Jeff look like crap, and there's no reason for it. Um, But if they're going for the redemption angle, then it works. I know, but he didn't get redemption. Uh, C plus uh, for me for this one. The whole thing is in redemption. Well, yeah, but... Just because he lost doesn't mean he's not getting redemption. Hopefully he gets it later. As uh, far as him, it's redemption of him being able to come back to the company despite his shortcomings. I, did, uh, I just don't... I just don't like this angle. I just I don't, I don't like it. I still think it's... Unless Hardy's going to retire because, because you're just... You're just demeaning him so much. I Yeah, his personal life has already done it, sure. But, I mean... If like Josh Gordon, it's well known his PED or his uh, PED marijuana suspensions. Every time he scores a touchdown, somebody from the opposing team doesn't walk up and offer him a joint. I it's just I don't know. There's a balance between transparency, which Jeff has already done to the media, and just being mean, and that's what they're doing to him here. C plus. I think they're going for the redemption angle where they're trying to see, like, uh, yeah, he has problems, but he's back now better than ever type thing. I think that's what they're trying to do. What do you give this? <sighs> and, no, I get what you mean. I get what they're doing. I just don't feel good about it personally. Um, I'm going to give it a, a C- just because, like, it was too long, and I kind of, like... Granted, I was watching something else at the time also. Um, it kind of... I it lost my attention. Oh, yeah, I could see that, absolutely. I mean, I watched Backlash twice. I watched Backlash live, like, in and out, because I was losing focus, and then I watched it last night, and I just made myself lay down and just watch the thing. And even then, I lost some... There were some points where I lost some concentration. that This pay-per-view just could not keep me. <clears throat> um, all right, next up was Nia versus Asuka. 
I only saw the first half of this match and the very end because my internet was going in and out. Okay. Um, my first note, this was fine. Big versus little. Like, they, they were going okay. And then we're probably three or four minutes in. Um, Asuka jumps up on Nia Jax, hits, it throws in the guillotine. I thought that was at the very beginning. <clears throat> It was a bit in. It was like a, it was like three or four minutes. Uh, Asuka jumps on Naya, goes for guillotine. Naya counters it, and in the way she countered it, she fell down on Asuka's legs instead of her midsection. Very awkwardly. It looks like she could have broken both kneecaps. Um, later on in the match, Asuka comes running, going for a diving kick. Naya grabs her, goes for a powerbomb. This I hated. This was Asuka's fault. Um, so, hits the powerbomb. Uh, Asuka is not, like, selling like she's being pinned. It's a, it's a crappy pin by Jax. But Asuka's laying her shoulders on the mat. She's not moving that much. And the camera was, like, like really zoomed in on her eyeballs. For some reason. And you can see her looking at the ref waiting. And then when the two count comes in. She picks up the shoulders. Um, it's Let's, like Asuka. It's like Asuka got de-invested in this midway through. <laughs> but I've never seen it quite that glaringly before. Where they're literally so clearly waiting. Could have been on the camera guy. I think it was an Asuka though. That kind of took away from this. I think it's the camera guy. Because I think that's how I don't remember who is... I don't remember which either the person that's doing the pinning or the person that's being pinned mm -hmm. um, looks at the referee, and if their eyes are open, then then the ref knows that they're supposed to kick out, and if their eyes are closed, they know it's supposed to be over. It's probably the person on the bottom. Um, Naya at one point has just about the worst, weakest headbutt I've ever seen. Uh, I know them Samoans; they have hard heads, so even Naya comes over to the ropes. They wind up in a predicament where Asuka slips down from the top turnbuckle like Naya was going to powerbomb her off the top or whatever. Naya was going to go for a Samoan drop off the top. Asuka slips down her arm and goes into an arm bar on the ropes but never locks it in and Naya just kind of falls out of the ring and hits the apron and goes to the floor. And Asuka falls under the apron. There was there was some really really weird sequences in this match where like Naya was just really rough with some things, or there was some stuff that just looked like crap. Like Naya's just such a not a klutz because that makes it sounds like she falls over. What's the word for just like big and stiff? Sloppy. I guess I guess that's what it is. She's just so sloppy. Um. They're fighting outside the ring. They get to 10. Asuka retains by double countout. Which I Why the done. hell are you making her look so weak? Like, what What are I you mean, doing? I, I mean, she, I don't know if they may look weak because technically she was the one that made it to the ring before Naya. And the, she was doing really good throughout the match, you know, with After all the sub 10, though. submission sequences. And then, and, well, no, here's the other reason. This making her look weak was affirmed on Raw because you'll see uh, Thursday when we talk about Raw, you'll see another another bad finish to this match. Uh, this got a C and it probably deserved worse. 
um, you will notice as we go further into this, it gets worse. Until the end, but as we get further into this, it gets worse. Um, now, I realized when I was looking over my notes after, I missed... <clears throat> I did... The second time through, I skipped Strowman, Ms. Morrison, because I was able to... I kind of held the whole way through that when I watched it the first time on Sunday night. Where was that? That was after Nia, right? Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Strowman, Miz, and Morrison, I don't have any notes on it because I just was the first time through. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that one got a B. It was two man, one man. It was good things. There's three good people involved. It sounds like a generic didn't do my homework answer, but that's kind of what it deserved. I mean, decent. Somewhat <clears throat> disappointed that, or just didn't cash in or whatever. But oh well. Meaning, I was a little upset that Miz and Morrison <clears throat> didn't win. No, I'm okay with it because, like on SmackDown this week, in that uh, three-person match that they had with Otis Tucker, Strowman, Miz Morrison, Ziggler. Yeah, the sequence starts because of Mandy, but Otis, you know, cleared the ring and. Strowman rolled Ziggler in and he got the win. So, instead of just a fat guy who can do the Caterpillar, the last two weeks on SmackDown, they've actually attempted to make Otis look like a legitimate wrestler. Instead of kind of a comedy act tag team who gets carried around by Tuke. So, I kind of think they maybe are trying to make Otis look more legit. And... Maybe they are going to have Otis cash in and win a title and surprise everybody. Yeah. Maybe they will. It long, but if it does, he loses it by next week, <coughs> I think. <coughs> Sorry, drink water and choked. See, that must be like Jeff Hardy didn't drink enough water because he couldn't drink <laughs> it down. Um, no, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. If it, if he does, it's not gonna be very long. But they just could pull a situation where, I mean, hey, this guy's really hot. They, they've made an active attempt to make him look better. Like, keep his gimmick, keep his kind of goofy gimmick, but also make him look better in the ring. Like, maybe they'll do it. Of course, Miz and Morrison bringing out their number two single. Another top single on the charts. There, I forget what this one's called. Another bad just, single. I, I just think. Is it called, called Hey Hey? hey. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. It's catchy. Okay. Um. What do you What do you give Miz and Morrison and? Uh, where did you give it? I gave it a B because I thought they did their job well, but I, I thought they did what they needed to do, but not anything particularly incredible. Uh, I gave it a B minus because I thought it was short, but maybe it wasn't too short. I mean, I thought it was a little too short, but maybe it wasn't. Okay. Uh, that's a, no, that's fair. I personally thought it was the right length. Okay, speaking of length, and lengths they go, um... Uh, can uh, they didn't bury him completely, but 
I think they've made Bobby get into a hole. <clears throat> God, I don't know what the hell's wrong with my throat. Um, they they stuck Bobby Lashley in the hole. They didn't put any dirt on him. They just pushed him down into the hole. Well, he wasn't gonna win. I know, but but just listen to me for a second here. Bobby goes to the ring. McIntyre comes to the ring. MVP distracts McIntyre before the bell rings. Bobby has the full Nelson on for, like, forever. So this is supposed to be, like, his new finisher or whatever. You know, the Master Lock, Full Nelson, whatever they want to call it today. They've been calling it the Full Nelson. And it's supposed to be this devastating submission from the super strong guy in Bobby Lashley, right? Well, McIntyre is in this hold for, like, a straight minute. Then he lets him go. They start the match. McIntyre does three really... Uh, sorry, Lashley does three big, solid, hard-hitting moves. Gets McIntyre to the ground. Drew kicks out at one. Well, you just made the submission look like crap. Then McIntyre comes back and... Not necessarily because you had like a... Like he had like a minute after the Phil Nelson was put on to <sighs> get his bearings back. He kind of acts like nothing happened. But see, I, uh, I just, I don't agree with that, though, because you should show damage from that, but he didn't show any damage at all. Um, if it would have been a kick out at two and a half, that I would have bought it, but a power out at one, no, that, no. That, I think that made the full Nelson look stupid. Um, I also think it was far enough away from the full Nelson it didn't affect the full Nelson. Later on in the match... Lana walks out to ringside, so Lashley had asked Lana, don't come to the ring. <clears throat> he just wanted MVP there. Lana comes out, and I wrote down, oh, Lana's here. Is the finish coming? Uh, this is the next lines I have. Oh, great, it is. Why is this being furthered in a WWE title match? Lana looks like shite. Boo finish. Good facials on MVP after. Um, yeah, Lana comes down to the ring, she jumps up on the apron, waits for about 35 minutes for them to get into position, Lashley nearly runs into Lana, misses, but not misses, but like stops himself, then he gets pushed back into Lana by Drew McIntyre, Lana takes the worst bump you've ever seen, and then uh, McIntyre, Claymore, pin and win, this gets a C- minus because... They completely, they didn't massacre it, they devalued Lashley's moveset, in my opinion, and they also, Lana, did not do well here. Lana was laying on the floor, like, after the match, Lana's laying on the floor, Lashley gets out of the ring, all shocked that he lost and stuff, and MVP is also like, man, what the heck, and they both walk away from Lana, and that plays into what happens on Raw. This week, um, I don't get why you needed. You could have had Lashley face our truth of this pay per view to advance the storyline. I don't get why the only storyline advanced here is the one between Lashley and Lana. Why you got to use the title to do this? We also made, or why it's in the title match to do this. And yeah, you did make McIntyre look stronger, but it, I, it, it feels like because you've put him on TV so much, feels like you may like Bobby Lashley. This wasn't the way to, to like him. If this... It, the thing that I would do to change this match to make it better, it still wouldn't get the best grade in the world for me because of the Lana finish, but 
if you just get rid of the full Nelson at the beginning, this is better because then McIntyre firing up and showing no effect doesn't hurt Lashley as much. But Lashley getting a full Nelson for like a minute and big hard hitting moves and McIntyre showing nearly no effect makes Lashley look like crap, makes him look really weak. Um, and that just makes sense. And then after this, well, first of all, what do you give this? Uh, what'd you give it? I gave it a C minus. Uh, I wasn't paying that close attention, but I'd probably give it a C, C plus because, like, I thought because, like, the beginning, like, I actually thought the match wasn't even going to happen after the full Nelson thing happened. And then he let go, and then for, like, two minutes, the referee was making sure he was fine, and then he beats him up for another three or four minutes, and then then McIntyre finally wakes up, but I think it was far enough away where it didn't devalue any of the movesets. See, I disagree with that, because if you spend all the time in there, you're supposed to get worn down. You know, people are supposed to tap in like 30 seconds. Well, he spent a minute in there where he wasn't able to tap, but there was no bell, so he should be worn down. He should be darn near crippled. So, and then to have a then to have a full length match after that makes the submission look like crap. I mean, they do this a lot with a lot of moves that don't devalue anything. They also devalue a lot. Anyway, what? Uh, so anyway, moving on. Put on the, the, uh, the, if he the puts game. on a Coquita before a match, then does two sentons, and the guy kicks out at one, that makes the Coquita look like crap. What if there was like two minutes in between where he woke up? Because a chokehold, you're perfectly fine after you wake up. Depending on how long you were under it, in it. Yeah, but half the full Nelson isn't isn't anything to do with choking. It's got to do with your shoulders and destroying your arms and hurting your neck. Honestly, I think I think it was. I don't think it hurt anything. And even if it did hurt anything, it made Drew McIntyre stronger than because Bobby Lashley the next week is going to beat somebody with the full Nelson again. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It does doesn't make Drew look better. Yes, but I think that you can just. You can make Bobby look okay. You just don't have to do the full Nelson in the beginning, and then you're fine. Um, they would have done the full Nelson. Would you rather them do the full Nelson in the middle of the match and him kick out at one? I'd rather them just not do the spot at all. Well, they worked up the spot, so they had to have it. Just don't have him get full Nelson and then kick out at one. See, here's the only thing you need to do. Have the beginning of the match, if you if you had to do it before the match, then have Drew kick out at two and a half and work from underneath and then come back up in the end because they do it plenty of times where somebody's very panty and exhausted but gets a rush, a rush of adrenaline and is able to win a match. But a one kick out implies no damage done because people kick out at two on drop kicks. Also, but this was also the very beginning of the match. Near the beginning of the match. <clears throat> right, so he sustained no damage from taking a finishing move for an entire minute. I, look, I don't care if you disagree with me on this or not. Finishing moves aren't finishing moves. Yeah, I, if you disagree on me on that, but that's fine. I feel how I feel about this. Let's move on. Um, actually, I'm not moving on with the next segment. Um, do, do you... Because I'm not even going to do this. You probably liked this, I assume. 
because you like everything they do in this feud? I, uh, I'm going to say, like I said, I said, like, this was actually the thing that I would agree with you with. I agree with you, but, um, oh! but with different, but for different reasons. Oh, you hated this too. No, not necessarily. Oh, well, I hated this so much. I turned the paper. This was when I turned the pay-per-view off on Sunday. Um, I looked down for this, like watched this, like you watch a car crash happen. Uh, and I, I was never going to watch this. Pa- if I, if we weren't doing this podcast, that would have been it. And I would have, I that may have legitimately been it for me in wrestling for a while again. That was it. That was that. That was that was done. You know, if I weren't involved in a podcast and with somebody else, and I have, because I argue with you on things, but it does make wrestling more enjoyable to talk about it with friends than just watch it yourself. Yeah, I know. If I did just, that's why I had you. That's why I told you to. I I didn't even mention that it wasn't even a real match. I because I didn't know you watched it yet. I messaged you saying, "Hey, watch the and." Well, I said, I said, what the heck, or something, and then you, mm-hmm. then you started replying about things that happened earlier. I'm like, yeah. okay, he's just watching now. So then I said, watch the Raw Tag Team Championship match all the way through. And I kept looking for a watch. So month, so last night I'm going through this right, and I went clicking through about another ten times to try and figure out what a Raw Tag Team Title match where it was. And then I realized you meant the Viking Prophet segment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go through this, we can. If you don't, we can't. Uh, this was the worst segment in WWE pay-per-view history. Everyone involved should be fired. Um, no, not worse than the dog kennel from Hell match. I, I was so... I'm kind of on the side of... I kind of want the Street Prophets and the Viking Raiders to get fired, too, for, for agreeing to be in this. Um... I think, uh, uh, I don't, see, here's the thing, I don't blame Akira Tozawa, because this is the most screen time he's going to get on a pay-per-view for a while, at least right now, so him taking screen time on a pay-per-view to further his stock makes sense. Him degrading himself to a Japanese stereotype with ninjas is mean, and does not make sense. I mean, but, entertainment, I mean, it would, you have a white guy be a ninja, that doesn't make sense. Well, no, it's trash. Um, this was, if, if you want to look this up, go ahead. Like, the, the Viking prophets, it's, it's pure garbage. It's, the, the epitome of all the garbage that it, that his, like, all the, all the problems with wrestling today, all of WWE's issues with being entertainment instead of wrestling is epitomized right here in this very segment with, had, with no idea, no feud. This is a feud with no segment of wrestling at all in this. The War Raiders were a fantastic tag team in NXT. The Street Profits were a beloved tag team in NXT. You bring the Street Profits up and you make them the hosts of Monday Night Raw. Okay, I don't like it, but that's okay. That fits their characters. You make them the tag champs. Okay, there you go. So they can be funny, they can be whatever, but they're also good wrestlers. You change their name to the Viking Raiders, which isn't a good name. It's a Super Bowl because Vince McMahon is a stupid simpleton who can't get over names and is too dumb to understand anything about wrestling anymore. And then you just turn everything into a stupid clown show. People chanting war during matches. Then so why was it fine in NXT? Because NXT was on USA by that point, wasn't it? Nope. 
When they were down in uh, NXT? It wasn't on USA yet. It was on the network. Well, uh, and also, I don't hmm. know. Also, that's. I don't know how much Vince has sway, say in NXT anyway. Right, so it, was, so it was when they came up to the main roster, so I'm talking about like when they changed their name, but you went from a great name to the Viking Experience, which is a horrible name, then you go to the Viking Raiders, which is another crappy name, then you have a crappy finisher name, so you made them crappy, you did some decent things with them for a couple of weeks, now we're in a long time in the main roster, now we're doing this... You're making guys who are supposed to be these big, badass Vikings with war paint do bowling and basketball and golf, and then they participate in Power Ra- in a Power Rangers comedy movie. Like, here's the other thing, too. If this is supposed... Like, let's say this is supposed to be entertainment, right? Let's forget that this is during a wrestling program. Let's forget that this is during a wrestling pay-per-view, which is an absolute joke and a disgrace to wrestling and anyone in it and any fan of it. I feel offended that they put that on and thought that I would like that. It's a joke and it's garbage, and every writer who involved in that should be fired immediately. Um, and the agent who let that, whoever let that happen should be gone. Period. Um, But here's the other thing about it, too. Let's say it's entertainment, right? And there's been some, like, if you accept that the men's half of Money in the Bank was an action movie instead of wrestling, then it was really good. Like, it was a really good action movie. The women's side, even if you accept that it was an action movie instead of wrestling, it was awful. Like, there's certain things, when they've done this more theatrical stuff, if you accept it's, if you just accept that it's entertainment, and just disillude yourself from the wrestling aspect of it, then it's, then it's like, okay, well, if it's an action movie, it's not a horrible action movie I've seen worse. This was a garbage movie. So not only... If this was a movie, or if this was entertainment, people would be demanding refunds. Let alone it's supposed to be wrestling. This is the worst segment. This this is one of those movies that they make bad on purpose. This was a joke. This was disgusting. I think that was the point. If these guys were movie actors, they would never be given a job in any movie again. If they did this, and this, this would make no money at the box office... This was this was stupid. If you like this, quit watching wrestling. If you don't, welcome to the rebellion. This is a joke. Okay, so you, you agree. Of, you don't watch a lot of movies, do you? Well, well I know you don't. Well, oh, well, I was going to say, you know I don't. You know I don't watch many movies. So, allow me to... As far as, like, as I agree with you on one point, and then the rest I disagree with you. I agree that it should not have been on a pay-per-view. Because, like I said, I said this a couple weeks ago. Pay-per-view, you know, I, you know, ba- because based on, like, I know you don't necessarily understand this, but, you know, the way that WWE and wrestling, and pro wrestling in general, is built is you have wrestling and entertainment during the TV shows. Um, and then when the pay-per-view things come, it's more just wrestling. 
I mean, I would have been good with this if it was prior to the pre-show, but like I said, this was like I liked. I was entertained. I thought it was funny. I if this was on Raw, it would have been great. Um, but um, I know you don't think that. But um, I'm just. I mean, I liked it. Um, I just didn't like where it was at, and it. I thought it was see here's here's the thing dude i just don't get how you can like that and think you're a wrestling fan i just don't understand because i'm a because i understand what wrestling is <laughs> that's not it though that that's nothing close this whole feud has been nothing close it has been professional comedy There's and even then comedy like i said i i like, even if it's a comedy movie again even if you if, even if you think it's that I it's bad comedy. It's poor, uh, not poorly edited. It's cheesily edited. Bad comedy. Just like the next match was cheesily shoved in your face at how great a wrestling it was, and this is the thing that makes this look even worse. The same company. I think that was the point. The same company that put together this, put together the next segment. So, either scrub wrestling from your name, or do more of what happened next. Which was the greatest wrestling match ever, in air quotes. Between Edge and Randy Orton, which actually had a story to it. It had actual wrestling in it, not just grapples and tie-ups, but some pro wrestling stuff too. Had actual professional wrestling in it. It was jammed down your throat so much that this was going to be an actual wrestling match. Which, once again, I say is completely pathetic that you have to do that as a wrestling promotion. It's an absolute joke that you must do that. But they did actually deliver. What is the? Was it the greatest match ever? No. Was it a wrestling match I would expect from like a mania? Like, was it a great wrestling match? Yeah, absolutely. But this was so, this was so shoved down your throat. Like, this was, this is, this is the Roman Reigns of matches. Roman Reigns is really good, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody disagrees that. But it's just the WWE shoved him down our throat so much you started to not like him. I didn't dislike this for that reason. But them shoving down your throats this greatest match ever and here's actual wrestling... If Randy would have cut that, I would have believed it. But like when WWE is saying that is when I don't like it. Um, props to Samoa Joe for actually attempting to call the damn match and not just be fellatiating the idea it's the greatest wrestling match ever the entire time. Um, I want Samoa Joe just calling Ron now. Like I like literally, I really wish he would just do it himself. I, I really do. I cannot stand Tom Phillips. I think Byron Saxton would be okay on a pre-show, but that guy, I just, he gets made fun of a lot, and I just, but, you know, it, at this point, it's just, he he, just, he shouldn't be anywhere near a commentary table. Before He's like, get into any more of this match, I wasn't really finished before you went on your other rants. What, what, finished with the garbage? Yeah. Oh, you're, oh you're okay. Anyway, I was going to go through just a little bit of it. So, 
and then I'll tell you why I think you know this was decent based on where it was at. Besides the fact that I don't think it should have been on pay per view, but it did the job well for what it needed to do. Anyway, so they there was supposed to, they put that there was going to be a Raw Tag Team Championship match later, and then they get word that there was a fight going on in the back. And keep in mind, throughout this for months, they've been promoting the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits as friends. Um. So why are they randomly fighting each other now? That's weird. Uh, then they end up breaking uh, Braun Strowman's car again. And they end up running away. And then they kind of pretty much put everything... That, this is why I think that they're probably done with all this... Uh, this um, uh, All this anything you can do, we can do better thing. Because they pretty much closed that story of it. Because they had a, a bunch of different, different things. You know, and they kind of had callbacks to I don't know why all this stuff was happening or whatever. Um, and it was complete opposite of what we saw at the end. I thought that that's probably why they put it there. Because, like, you know, it was supposed to be real serious, and, you know, they put something funny, entertaining on before. Whether it should have been on Backlash or not is, you know... Nothing, but it, it it was a palate cleanser before uh before uh, I mean whether you like it or not I mean do you think that Randy Orton Edge match would have been as good as this was right after Drew McIntyre Bobby Lashley? I think he left. He doesn't like me more. That's fine. Um. Uh. I mean, it would have been really good, but probably not. I mean, it would be as good, but seeing the complete difference between the two is something. And since you're not here, I'll say this. Pro wrestling has been, the, like I said, again, pro wrestling has always been like this. You have the entertainment and you have wrestling. And you can watch a bunch of ridiculous things that they had. And and this isn't just WWE, the AEW, TNA. This is not some... Uh, New Japan has some stuff every once in a while. Um... It's just a lot of different things that makes wrestling different from from other things. That's what makes it so great. Um, anyway, um, I don't know if he's ever coming back. So, um, you know, Randy Orton versus Edge, I thought was really good. Um, the beginning, I thought, like, I was worried a bit because that's... Oh, by the way, uh, props to Samoa Joe for trying to put that segment over. Because after... After the whole thing, you know, with the ninjas and everything, uh, they announced that there wasn't going to be a Raw Tag Team Championship match, and Samoa Joe said, "Ninjas, ninjas have a habit of ruining, of ruining a night," and people laughed at that. And I was like, "Why?" So I finally looked it up, and apparently, you know, Samoa Joe got kidnapped by ninjas in Impact once, and it was just randomly, randomly did that. Um, oh, good! You appear to be done with the trash. Hello. Yeah. You appear to be done with the trash. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Full disclosure. I did. I. I. You were talking about this, so I went up to go grab my phone with one earphone on, um, so I could hear if you asked me a question. So you did actually ask me a question. So sorry. Uh, I was on the other side of my house. 
Uh, I really didn't think you would ask me a question, um, so it's my fault. Uh, I went upstairs and I went and got my phone, and I, it was something to do with this. I went up to get it for a very specific reason, and then I got back downstairs, picked the microphone up, had my phone in my hand, and realized I don't know what it was that I was going to do. Hmm. So, that's, I'm smart. Very smart indeed. Um, and by the way, to answer your question, since I heard it, to answer your question, I think it would have mattered. It would have that Randy Orton match, Edge match, would have been as good as it was anyway. It, and it would have been better without their presentation. Um, without without how they presented it, yeah, and. I Credit to Samoa Joe for not ignoring what had just happened. He didn't crap on it like I would have liked, but at least he didn't ignore it and made a reference to something that happened to him. And like I was going to say before... And they're continuing this trope that the performance center parking lot is the most dangerous place in the world. Is the world, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, back to, like, you know, where I was before you were headed off before you wanted to go back and finish up your stuff, and sorry that I cut you off, um, you know, and, and props to, to Joe just throughout for actually attempting to call it correctly and yeah, uh, trying to call I, it like I a sport. It. Uh, Joe also, like, after they were talking about uh, AJ Styles winning the Intercontinental Championship, and 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 Samoa Joe's like, I hope he has time, you know, to celebrate with his family, and then he puts a big smile on his face. <laughs> Reference to their see rivalry. that's a man who's good at his job. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't like. I said the match. I liked. I liked the Randy Orton Edge match. Um. Like I said, uh, I I apologize because I probably should have chose a will for who would who will win, and like the should would have been doesn't matter. Um. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I probably would have chose Randy Orton anyway, but that's neither here or there. Um, I didn't really like the, like, like, like the, like you said, I didn't really like the big presentation at the beginning. I thought it was weird. Um, especially like, you know, they had the package and I don't, was the package at the beginning of the show or the, or the beginning of this match? No, it was at the beginning of that match. Where they had all the different greatest matches. Oh, that one? No, no, no. That was the beginning of the show. Yeah. Where they had. Uh, the Rock versus John Cena. I'm like, that was not one of the greatest matches. That ever. should not be there. Hogan Andre shouldn't be there either. Hogan Andre, I understand because of the history. Granted, then you could make an argument for Rock John Cena. Um, I was gonna say if you're gonna do that, then you have to put Rock Cena here. Um, Austin Rock was in there, wasn't it? One of them. I was gonna say Austin. Rock should be there before uh, Cena Rock is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you're going to be. Oh my god! I just dropped my microphone. I think you're going. Are you okay? (laughs) No, my microphone just fell over. Um, I think you're going to be surprised by a part of this match I actually liked that you would think I wouldn't. Maybe, but Um, I'll let you go through it. But uh, so the they started out. They started out at the beginning, you know, where they had the lights come down. Um, 
and you know they played the beginning of the Greatest Showman song. I was so worried that this was going to be throughout the whole match. I'm like, oh no, but it wasn't. Um, and then they had, you know, um, oh gosh, why can't I remember his name? I feel terrible. Finkel. Yeah, that's it. Howard Finkel. We was doing. The, did you forget the body with the disembodied voice? I did. Of a god. Who who said Missouri? Well, yeah. St. Louis, Missouri. That's his accent. Yeah. Um, by the way, I thought it was a decent Finkel that I just did. Um, oh, St. Louis, Missouri. That one, not so much. Um, Weighing 198 pounds. Edge is not from St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Randy Horton. You've got to, if you want to do a fink, you got to be very strange with your vowels. Um, but it's what well, made I mean, him unique. I, I probably didn't have his cadence, but I, I thought I had no. the accent down pretty good. Um, I, I'm making a heart with my fingers right now for, for Howard Finkel. Yeah. Um, and the, the funny thing about this match is, like, I mean, they already said it was pre-taped. Uh -huh. But seeing, like, noticing how, like, people were wearing different clothes or in different areas. Uh, Catalina was wearing a different colored mask. Yeah. <sighs> and notice some of that one. Isn't that person not wearing that shirt about five minutes ago? But I don't think, I don't think they, uh, I mean, it, I mean, they took the live thing off of it. So I think, and people, yeah. people, people are smart. They knew it wasn't. Yeah, okay. they declared it on. They at least declared it not live, which was nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the match was really good. I thought. Um. Probably actually end up being the match of the night. Oh yeah, it was very easily match of the night. Um, it was it was very very good. There's a very good story at the beginning of of Orton being well rested. It was, it was um, it. it mm, Put over a bit too much by the announcers, I think, that Edge hadn't been wrestling for a long time, and Orton had, because I, they did a very good job in the ring of telling that story. They told a great story in this match, they did great things in this match, and um, do you want to talk about the middle card? I just talk about my thoughts on the finish, like uh, the finishing sequence. What was that before you said the finish? I said, do you do you have anything about like the middle, or other than the flying clothesline that led to Orton bleeding was dumb? I didn't like it. Why didn't you like it? Because there was like no reason for Edge to do that, and that looked much too dangerous. Mm. Yeah. Um. Maybe the only reason was to get some color. I you guess you can't blade anymore, so you have to do it the hard way. I know, I know it was a hard way. Like I know they were going for juice, and I know it was a hard way and everything. But oh, uh, I was the headbutt, or that's what they said. Yeah, the blood was well. The blood has to be from the headbutt. If you look at the the uh, uh, flying clothesline, the blood kind of has to be from the headbutt, which is one ow, two ah. I just don't like Edge taking, or anyone taking that risk, quite frankly. Yeah, uh, headbutts make me nervous. 
No, no, no. Well, not the headbutt, but the, the flying clothesline. I think it was unnecessary and a little worrying. But yeah, the the yeah, the headbutts the headbutts are very scary with what we know about concussions. Yeah. Um I liked how Samoa Joe was or I also like how Edge was was selling it. uh Randy Orton did a back bre- uh, neck breaker or something and Edge was selling it before it even happened like he was like worried like he had the scared look on his face like oh no this isn't going to feel yeah. good type thing. And Samoa Joe mentioned that. Well, no, that one was just classic great color work. Yeah. And they they racked up a replay of it, and um, by the way, that was all added in post. This got pointed out on Twitter that the announcer's lips weren't moving uh, when they were talking, when you could see him in the shot. <laughs> well, they probably didn't. They probably didn't um, talk. Uh, they probably didn't commentate the replays because it didn't happen yet. But well, no, 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 no. Like during the actual match. You could see, there were moments where you could see the announce team in action going on in and out, in or out of the ring, and the announce team was talking, but they were not talking. Hmm. Um, but Joe does an incredible job of breaking down. This looks like a backbreaker, but look where he's got him positioned. He actually hits the neck here. This is a neckbreaker. You can see the fear in Edge's eyes that he's scared. He knows what's coming. He knows he can't get out of it, and he grabs for the throat right away. That was that was a very scary situation for him, and he's, you know, this might be a turning point in this match because he's got neck problems. Like, just Joe did an incredible job describing that there. By the way, this this match uh, was taped on June 7th, by the way. Yep. Yeah. So even if it was dubbed, you know, even still, uh, Joe did a really good job with the commentary here with with the uh, backbreaker slash neckbreaker spot in particular. Um, I say. Some people were complaining about the crowd noise. I actually did not notice it was piped in. Yeah, that well, no, I did. That was really, that was really noticeably piped in. For me. I didn't notice, and it it could be just because I wasn't paying attention, or because yeah. I was so used to piped in anyway. It was kind of cringy. Um, but some of them were legit chants because they they because I, they actually showed the crowds. There was a couple, in. but just a general woo was the pumped in. Yeah, they didn't pipe in the "This is awesome" or the "Fight Forever." At least it didn't seem like it too much. They might have, and I just didn't notice it as horribly. So anyway, um, so I said Randy seems invested in this match. He was really taking the fight to Edge this whole time. He's really beating him down. This was one of Randy Orton's, like, personally, this is one of the better performances I've seen of him of his career with being sadistic Orton. And Mm -hmm. just, he was awesome in this. Um, Randy had Edge ready for a suplex and looked to the sky and went for three amigos. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a bit weird coming from Orton. Hmm. Randy Orton liked it also. They had severe disagreements in the past, so in storyline it didn't make sense, but oh well, I'll take the nice tribute. Um, 
And then uh, Edge blocks the last Amigo and hits three Amigos himself. And they said it was an homage to the late Eddie Guerrero. Salute to you. Okay. And it probably probably was. Here's a note here. Edge is selling, working, fighting his ass off. Randy looks in control. Great baby face and heel match. Wow, it's like wrestling's taking place, you know? As it gets later on, Edge is getting more scrappy. He's getting I finally figured out how to word this. He's getting a lot less he's getting a lot more scrappy. His running stuff is getting a lot less crisp. It's getting a lot more like brawl ish. Which theoretically is makes it more realistic because you don't want the flow like Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The the perfect flow left this match when we when it got to fight time, especially for Edge, because Orton was until the end when everything fell apart for him. Well, towards the end when it looked like everything was going to fall apart, um, the the flow was never really gone for him unless Edge interrupted it. But for Edge, the flow was gone, and it was just about brawling and fighting and trying to keep himself in it, and that was freaking awesome to see. Um, okay, so now the, the sequence that led to the finish. Edge was... was the thing that you liked that I would be surprised that you liked? What's coming up. Oh, okay. Um, so Edge is getting, I I think he was going to shoot Randy off into an Irish whip. I think he's going to rip Randy. And Randy takes him back, pulls him around, and does the Olympic slam. I thought that was a lot earlier. That wasn't towards the end. I think was it was. No, it was. That was that was the beginning of the end. Mm. Because they did the Olympic slams, then they did the two RKO's and the two spears, and then Randy did the the finish finish, and they went home. I guess it was towards the end, but it was a long sequence. Yeah, it was. It was. I consider at the beginning they I th- they did rock bottom, and then there was like there was like at least. Five or six more kickouts. Well, yeah, yeah, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm getting there. Hang on. I'm getting there. Um, They started on a, and basically an homage of a bunch of great wrestlers' finishers, a bunch of great WWE guys' finishing moves. Um, The Olympic Slam was good. That is a good resourceful counter for that exact situation. Because first, I saw on Twitter that there was like 10 or, you know, there was a bunch of different wrestlers' finishing moves. And I'm like, oh my god, they're going to, you know, this is just another way that they're just stuffing this down our throats that this is the greatest wrestling match. They're going to go to other wrestlers, get their finishers. Olympic Slam. Made sense. Good resourceful counter in that situation. So, okay. So that one, I liked. That was really good. Didn't get a fall. That was fine resourceful in that position a very smart move okay um then the next big finisher was christian's kill switch that edge did this time and it was a counter as well and it was a good resourceful counter randy next did a pedigree which was kind of forced that was a forced triple h homage didn't like that one the situation didn't really call for it um, and it, you know, it's not like, it's not Randy's move. Um, rock bottom, I think. He had already kicked it out of the RKO. Was Edge, 
Yeah, they, there was an RKO kick out on here. Um, was Edge Edge did rock bottom, didn't he? I don't. And by the way, no, he didn't because I've got the I've got the RKO kick out. This was kill switch and pedigree was before RKO. I've got my notes. Okay. Um, I forget who did the rock bottom. Did he do that move as his arsenal, or did it happen? No, 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 in the match. I I don't have written down uh, who did what. Did the rock bottom? Okay, Edge doing the rock bottom. Good counter in there. That was a that was a counter to the situation. So, out of the sequence that was basically Olympic Slam, Kill Switch, Pedigree, Rock Bottom, three out of the four of them were good because they were in they were good counters. They were moves that you would do in that situation. The Pedigree I thought was a little forced. Um, I did not think an RKO kickout was coming here, let alone two. So here's the notes that I wrote. Um. Whoa, I did not think RKO kickout was coming. Edge has to win now. Two spears should have... So, uh, between the RKO kickouts from Edge... Edge hit two spears, back-to-back. Two spears should have been the finish with how the match was going. Double spear should have been it. Which is what I thought until the actual finish came. Randy hit another RKO, got another kickout. Then they went into a lockup. The ref at the beginning said no low blows. Randy hit a low blow with the obstructed view of the official. So, good tie back to the beginning. Good part of storytelling there. I will forgive the cheating because of the story aspect of it and how and also, Randy's character is working right now. And it's a heel thing. It's doing his job. Right. Right. There's a, a few different reasons why you will forgive the referee not noticing that because it's his obstructed view, whatever. Edge goes down on all fours, and Randy unleashes the punt, which I thought was long banned, but apparently not. Um, punt is back, pin and win. So I thought Double Spear should have been the finish. This was this was going to be you missed the finish to do more big moves, and then the punt came back. So then, okay, the finish was actually what it should have been. Um, I gave this an A on FTA. Was it the greatest of all time? No. Was it, this would have gotten an A plus if they hadn't shoved down my face how great it was supposed to be. If they would have just let it be and let it have been great and just build it as this match. Just, like, it feels like the storyline between Edge and Orton is its own thing. And then WWE trying to force it to be the best match ever is its own thing outside of it. Like, it's so strange. Like, if you would have just done Edge and Orton, then, you then this would have been awesome. But I think WWE's presentation gets a markdown. I still went A with this, though. This was awesome. This was, this was hope that wrestling maybe can still be wrestling someday. That day is not today, but maybe someday. I just hope this isn't the last great bout for two old men and the last last great bout for wrestling. It won't be. They'll still they'll continue doing what the definition and having entertainment mixed in with wrestling. Um, especially since uh, AJ Styles is now Intercontinental Champion, so. So what'd you give this? What'd you think of this? I'd probably give it an A. 
I thought it was really good. I liked it. Um, sometimes I say low expectations works wonders because since they were billing it so much as the greatest greatest wrestling match ever, um, which it's it's decent. It's probably good, smart marketing, but um, uh, it also leads you to believe that it will not be the greatest wrestling match ever. So that, and they also they definitely, yeah, they they definitely stepped up. So it was really good. And there was you know, only, I- and it wasn't very much of a cinematic match, which is why. I think they had that thing happen before because apparently they had to have one cinematic thing happen per pay per view. Just like, oh, we don't want the Randy Orton Edge thing to be cinematic, so let's let's do this thing here. Like, all right, yeah, let's bye. do this crap. Yeah. So, what was the thing that um, you liked that I thought you wouldn't like? I figured you would think I hate the diff- I hated the other people's finishers. I don't because I think that the which when I first just read it blankly on Twitter I did and then when I actually watched it they did it so well. Well, except yeah, for the pedigree. Because I thought I'll have to watch it again because I thought they already used their finishing moves on each other and they already kicked out of each other's no. moves. And uh-huh. that's why they started doing all those moves. Mm-mm. Not the match I watched. Mhm. All right, Evan, well, I think that just about does it for today, right? Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? Before we go, what do you give Backlash as a whole? Backlash as a whole, for me, gets a C+. Uh, it beat my expectations. It is very... It, it is getting a C+, because of the first match, and uh, Braun Strowman... Ms. Morrison, that match, and the last match. Um, if the last match doesn't happen, this pay-per-view probably gets a D. This was... But even that being said, this being a C-plus pay-per-view, it still beat my expectations because I expected this to be garbage. Um, I had no expectation for this whatsoever. This beat my expectations. It was actually a good pay-per-view. Or, not a good pay-per-view, but it's like, it was actually an average pay-per-view. And again, I expected it to be a bad one. Um, it was good for having a random, because June is usually the random pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Yes, I, I'll, agree, I'll agree with that. It was good for being one of these things where they just kind of have a random card that doesn't feel very good. It exceeded it, its card. Um, I was... I think my biggest surprise, like my biggest happy moment, or happy moment, my biggest surprise in terms of what like outperformed itself was, I'm trying to decide, it just depends on what I had lower expectations for, was it the women's tag, or was it the first half of Seamus Hardy, was actually, or no, no, I think it has. I think my good surprise of the night was Morrison, Miz, and Strowman. Actually, um, my letdown was Nia and Oscar. Mm-hmm. Just and just the one move that was yeah, the one thing was Oscar's fault. I don't really know what happened with the ropes, but uh, but that that stuff isn't Oscar's fault. Like 
Nia needs to go back to the PC. Like, forget NXT. She just needs to get back to the PC. We also need somebody... to be careful what things are actually planned botches and which is not. Because some of those things actually happen as yeah. planned. Yeah. Like, you know, to be fair. Yeah. You always have to be cognizant of, of that. Like, oh, that, that looked like a mistake. But was it a mistake or was that exactly what they wanted to do? I don't know. It's just there's some of the stuff that just looks. I wasn't like, able to watch the match all the way through, so I don't know. I just don't. I just don't understand why you would want to make yourself look botchy because it just makes yourself look worse, especially in the era where Kenny Omega is considered the greatest wrestler ever. And what he does is what he does is fly around and do things and in, in, insanely crispy and insanely cleanly and stuff like we're in that era where that is considered great wrestling and i you know i don't i don't know why you would make mistakes on purpose like unless it's the story of a match but this isn't story of a match stuff i'm talking about this is just like her being not good in the ring stuff you know like hardy taking too long and getting crotched on the ropes is a mistake and Oh, that's the other thing about the Hardy Sheamus. The instances where Hardy got knocked down to the turnbuckle, two of those were too long. That's the other thing. You could have saved a minute right there if Hardy would have taken so long to climb the ropes, but like that stuff. That's a mistake. But that's the mistake in the in the telling of the match. But the Maya stuff that I've seen recently is just her making mistakes. And no, I'm not saying I would do better, but you don't have to do better to be able to point it out to understand what that probably ought to look like. You know? Like I, I, I don't I don't think it's the right kind of heat to get on a person to get the heat that they're unsafe. And not in the in the wrestling way where they're violent and dangerous, but in a day when everybody's a smart, that yeah. they're unsafe for I their mean, on the, for on the their fellow guys to work with. On the pre-show, uh, Booker T and JBL were talking about this, and they were trying to make it because they're trying to make it, you know, more legit. So saying uh-huh. that, like, yeah, of course she works dangerous. Why not? Like, this isn't ballet type thing. Whereas, like, you can't cry if you get hurt type thing, but then, you know, so, like, yeah, there's a point to that. But yeah, there's know. a point of that, but then there's there's another certain point also, and you can't, I have, if, it, if it's two older guys, then yeah, but I kind of have a problem with the WWE being the company to say this ain't ballet with what they put on week after week. And some of the crap that they throw out there should be ballet. Ballet would have been better than that garbage they put on between two tag teams right before their main event. So anyway, so that's our Backlash 2020 show. Yeah, um, I, I, uh, I, I was, yeah, I say it was C+, also. If you follow this, uh, you know, if you're following the Facebook link, leave in the comments. Tell us what you think. We'll be back Thursday with some Raw, NXT, and Part 4 of Undertaker The Last Ride. And Part 4, Evan, is the Bill Goldberg match. Mm-hmm. Have you watched it yet? No, and I'm afraid. No, it's fine. It's good. I, I'm not... Oh, no. I know. I know the documentary is going to be really good, but, like, remember... 
how in episodes two and three he's been saying all the stuff about he wants to go out on a match befitting the Undertaker, and then he feels good. He feels like he can do it, and how depressed and terrible he feels when he puts on a terrible match, and he feels old, and just all like the mental things that that he's been talking about. And I know that Goldberg is coming. I mean, I felt awful enough when I was like, oh no, we're five minutes from DX and Brothers of the Destruction. Oh, God! And then, like, you know, at the end of episode three, I had this sense of trust, like, oh no. Oh no. Um, so I almost, like, I'm going to watch it anyway, but I almost had this sense of, like, empathy and dread. With, with future, like, with knowing what happens in the future. But, you know what? Right before we go, I do want to say, props to WWE for doing an awesome job with this, with this doc. Because when they first started doing this, and they did it from this showing it as though it was present day, even though it had happened so many years ago, I thought, it, just the, the way they presented it, I thought wasn't going to be very good. But they've done a great job of presenting it. They've done a great job of presenting it better than I thought they would with the vehicle that they're presenting it with. So, anyway, that's what I got. That's what I got to say about that. So, we'll be back on... Well, I don't know what day you're going to listen to this. So, there'll be another episode this week, is what I'll say. There'll be another episode later this week. We'll talk about Raw, NXT, The Undertaker... The Last Ride, part number four. This is the second to last part of that series. By the way, thank you for listening to episode 38 of the No Marks Allowed podcast. If you're following us from Facebook, if you're on this link from Facebook and you don't know, well, where in the world can I go to get more of No Marks Allowed? Where can I get more bickering? Well, you can go to Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and tune in and type in No Marks allowed. Evan Williamson, do you have anything to say before we end this show? Mm-hmm. All right. For Evan Williamson, I am Michael Bryan. Everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a uh, good night.